2: Welcome to Attacking Third. We are diving into all of the World Cup action. Most of the knockout rounds are set. It's going to be so exciting. We're going to cover it in this hour. I'm Jenny Chu, Lisa Carlin, Jordan Angeli, and Darian Jenkins alongside me. We have a very exciting show because so much has happened in the World Cup in the last couple of days. I mean, it's only been two days since we've seen each other. It feels like yeah. a week. <laughs> no. The amount of games that have happened, Lisa. Hey, it's incredible. We are almost through the group
1: stage. We have one more match, and then we get a break. There's an off day. We get to one sleep. One more sleep
2: game. match day. One more match day. Yeah. it's true. Darian, get that in. We get one sleep, <laughs> normal time, Oh my gosh! Uh, let's, yeah. Let's go straight into this, Darian. The biggest story, at least here in the United States, coming out the last few days, is the talk about how the U.S. did in the group stage, specifically that nil-nil against Portugal.
3: I mean, we look shaky. I'm not gonna lie. We look very shaky. We're not cohesive. We're kind of on islands right now. But I've said this before. You learn the most from your losses, and this felt like a loss for the, this U.S. squad. It really did, and. I have full faith that they're going to come back. You saw Kelly O'Hara at the end of the game, amping everybody up, checking everybody, which I think is what mm-hmm. we needed. We needed like that confrontation of this isn't good enough, this isn't us, we need to do better. And I have full faith that they can. And this next stage against Sweden, they're going to have to. If I'm on the Swedish side, I'm thinking, you know what, this is the time to strike. This is where, you know what, they're not together. Here's where we're going to come in and thrash this U.S. squad where they haven't had the best track record against us, so it's going to be a good game. And the group stages to the round of 16 is
1: two different ball games and the United States completed what they needed to do Mm -hmm. in the group stages. Mm -hmm. They they got through, they qualified for the round of 16, check that off, turn the page and move on. But it it was shaky throughout Mm -hmm. those group stages when you look at the stats and and how this team broke down their opposition or rather failed to break down their oppositions and, and in front of the goal specifically, the United States had 17 shots on target and they scored four goals. They only conceded one shot on target to the netherlands and that goal found the back of the net but remember shots off the post don't count as shots on target it was a lot of question marks moving forward
4: defensively i think we in all this we expect the u.s to score a lot of goals because they've been dominant for so many years if you look at the front line if you look at the subs you're saying goals are in this Mm -hmm. they should be scoring goals I also I think that the defense has gotten a little bit just brushed under the rug. They've been very solid defensively. Yeah, as they, you they just conceded one shot on target. Yeah. One shot on target. It goes in. It was a crowded box where where that comes yep. through. I, I think that that was a good goal for the Netherlands. They've been playing very good. I think Naomi Naomi Gurma has been so good, especially in this last game against Portugal. We saw how much ground she had to cover because I do think Crystal Dunn was getting pulled everywhere. Andy Sullivan was getting pulled everywhere. So you don't talk as much of the defense. Okay, we've given them that that nice little pat on the back defensively. The question that I've had for the last couple of years is who does this team want to be? How do they want to progress the ball and one of the things that I think is really difficult for them and we saw it against Portugal who plays what a diamond midfield mm-hmm. which is narrow. This team plays very narrow in a 4 Their wingers are inverted they don't utilize their outside backs when they do crystal dunn on her heat map on her passing map is inside she comes inside she's yeah. inside trying to connect with lindsay horan and it makes so, it so crowded
1: in the
3: yeah kills it, it's space. crowded
4: and your wingers don't want to be wide so then what, what happens when it's crowded you end up losing the ball because there's more defenders in that space it's easier for the defenders to win the ball and then switch the point of attack and i think this u.s team needs to utilize space a little better they need to utilize movement off the ball and If they're gonna have success against Sweden they have to set the tempo.
2: We'll get into what they need to do against Sweden but Darian was there anything that you saw in this match that you want to point out as well?
3: Anything (laughs) I mean I'm gonna say I think our front three needs to connect so much more there was hardly any passes between I think it's in Mm -hmm. single digits if there are any I don't know the exact stat but Alex Morgan completed four passes. There we go. No, two of her four. No,
1: four oh. of 13.
3: Oh. <laughs> 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 two I like it. Two. I like where you're going <laughs> though. Two to a front runner. Two to a front runner and the that other two was. were backwards or exactly. square. Yeah. Exactly my point. You can see it. There's no combination play. I think everyone's playing very one-dimensional, just running away from the ball. We're not coming into the pockets, which was our success in the first match, which is pulling the defenders out and then exploiting the space. So that's something that really needs to get better in this next match just all around cohesiveness. Yeah, it was to so not disjointed. be so
2: predictable.
3: Very disjointed. Very predictable. But when we
2: talk about that disjointed aspect, Lisa, that leads me to you. Lynn Williams is passes we have a we have a graphic with those passes can you talk me through what this means yes so this is a
1: very interesting graphic we see here lynn williams is on the right and it shows her passing patterns most of them square and back to the left center back and the right center back typically as a right forward you want those passes forward you want to be combining with your front runners perhaps the attacking center mid as well and that was not at all happening with lynn williams in this you know what i like about this though is you what What do you want from lynn williams you want
4: to get her isolated mm-hmm. you want there to be space around her and she is in an isolation there look at all the numbers for the us on the left side of the ball that was crystal dunn that's lindsay Haran, everyone over there sophia smith these are their average positions average for yeah mm-hmm. but for lynn williams i would have liked to see so many more of those passes yeah they could go backwards but can she move 15 20 yards mm-hmm. down the field there were barely any times that The U.S. just switched the point of attack and put it in the space and beyond Portugal's back line and said, go for it, Lynn. At least that would have been some kind of isolation that Lynn Williams could have ran onto mm-hmm. and utilized one of her best assets is yeah. the speed that she has, the tenacity she has in attacking a defensive player running back to their goal, saying, oh my goodness, Lynn
1: Williams yes. is chasing me down. And, and getting terrifying. defenders off balance, running at them, forcing them to ch- open up their hips and change their hip positioning. And as a defender, it's incredibly hard to defend when Lynn
3: Williams is running at you like that. Yeah, She wouldn't do that at all. And we're not playing to our strengths. I don't know what, Lynn back to goal, playing backwards and not going in behind, and you're, to your point, exploiting these huge gaps out wide, which is our bread and butter, the 1v1s, the going end line, the outrunning people, out being, being more physical than anyone that they're going against. And there's not we're just not seeing the bite that we usually have.
2: Mm-hmm. So you guys mentioned that stat on Alex Morgan. We can agree it's four out of 13 out of passes. What does that say about our center forward, though? What are we expecting of her, and and how should we see that moving forward? I think you're
1: expecting more from Alex Morgan. Her game has changed over the last couple of years in, in the style of play that she needs and is asked of her on this team. Typically, she was getting in behind, running over the back line, and getting on the end of long balls. Now, we've seen her have a lot of success dropping into the midfield, being a target forward, and being able to lay the ball off to her teammates. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she couldn't find the ball and she couldn't connect her passes means that we weren't ever progressing the ball forward as the United States and getting it to her even if she was open or if she was trying to find those pockets to then combine with her either outside wingers or Lindsey Horan, Rose Lavelle, the the center midfielders that should have been opening up and creating angles for her underneath Mm -hmm. of
4: her. And I think one of the things that they, they could have maybe done and this speaks to like the adaptability. I don't feel like this team adapts very well in the game. Sophia Smith was getting double teamed on the left side. They were they were shifting over. They were not allowing her to get the ball. I would have brought her into the middle of the field. And I think they did at times. And we saw Alex Morgan get to the end line a couple of times. But the front three didn't really have much rotation between the three of them. And all three of them can play in the center and all three of them can play on in the channel. So I think that maybe even that, you know, just having a little bit of What's the game presenting to you? Mm -hmm. Can you be adaptable in the moment to say, oh, they're they're double teaming me. I'm gonna go into the middle, see if they still double team me here in the middle,
1: pull players centrally, and now we can have maybe some more isolations out wide. But that is not a new issue for the United States teams. This has been a problem that we've seen over the last 18 months with this squad and and that they cannot adapt and read the game and make adjustments on the
2: fly. My question, Darian, and I don't want an explanation. I just want to know who does that. Who does that um, fall decision on? fall on? Does it fall on the coaching staff directing that change, say the one that Jordan is, is saying, or okay. the players to talk between themselves and say, "Hey, let's interchange this right now"? I
3: believe it's both. If you feel you have the freedom from your coach to make those decisions in the game, boom, it's going to happen. These players are smart, so. I think they need to take it on their own shoulders and be like this isn't working pop in the middle let's drag defenders out let's do some runs in on the inside shoulders of the outside backs and expose them so that they respect us doing so and then they're going to drop off and then we can play the game plan our coach wants us to which is clearly let's keep the ball in front and play in these tight pockets but you have to create the space so i think the players need to just shoulder it and read the game and take it on and execute
2: Nice. Okay, so let's listen to what Vlad Gondonovsky had to say in the postgame.
0: I've never, never seen this team step on the field and uh, not uh, not try hard or not compete. Uh, So Everyone is entitled to opinion and uh, that, you know, they can say, uh, they, I mean, they can say whatever they want, but I just know how this team feels. Uh, and it's, uh, it's not like we, you know, we played well, but by, by any means, I, you know, we would like, uh, we owned it. We know that it's not good enough. We know uh, we're not happy with our performance, but uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, we, we qualified for the next round. We're moving on.
2: So when he says that last line there, how do you guys feel about that? You know, they, they're not happy with it, but they're moving on. How do they move forward?
1: I think it's a, a good line. I mean, I agree with yeah. him. There's, there's an element of turn the page. We're starting a new chapter of the round of 16. It's win or go home at this point. And up until then, it, it wasn't. It was, let's just get out of the group. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he admits it wasn't good enough is, at least positive in that sense, because I don't think it was good enough either.
4: It's hard not, I I keep saying it, but it's hard not to think about 2015. This team, there was the exact same questions coming to this team out of group play. They did not perform the way that everybody expected them to perform. But the mental fortitude of this group has always been that of, we will find a way to win. And I think that's why Kelly O'Hara shouldered some of the weight of Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I'm gonna, talk to my teammates. I'm going to be the one that talks to Rose Lavelle. I'm going to be the one that addresses the team. And they have people in there who have been in this exact same spot, and they won a World Cup four games later. So I think that that really helps them right now. But it's a a tall task right now. They're going to have to really
2: figure out a way to mentally get through this. We do have to say no Rose Lavelle in that match against Sweden. Massive loss. Darian, I just want to get your last thoughts on that upcoming game. I mean, that's something that all of us have our eyes
3: on. Do we see the U.S. putting it together, figuring it out and, and getting through? I think so. We just need to put all of these elements together. I'm still gonna ride with Ertz in the six. I yes. still wanna see her I, there. I wanted you to get that in. I do, I really do. And I think DeMello is gonna come in and play in that 10 pocket or, you know, I would like yeah. to see Ashley there too. I think it would be fun to see her there and get, that she has the dribbling prowess that Rose has um, and she can distribute the ball well. But I think that's gonna be a big, big pocket for us.
1: And drawing those parallels to 2015, it was Lauren Cheney also received double yellow cards and yep. she was gonna be out for the first round of 16 and it opened up this brand new game plan for the mm-hmm. United States, so it's not, it, it opens up different things, ready for, We're, ready, we're for ready for the tweaks,
2: Jenny. <laughs> Uh, but you guys are it. hopeful. I, I like it. All I want to say is I don't. I still don't understand why Alana Cook has not stepped on this field, if we do see that six situation. But on the other side of this break, we're going to be chatting all the other incredible results in this Women's World Cup. So you guys are not going to want to go anywhere, as we see lots of action has happened in the last couple of days.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
2: All right, we said we were going to talk about all this World Cup action the last couple of days. Let's start with Tuesday. Portugal and the United States, that nil-nil that we talked about in the A block. Netherlands beating Vietnam seven to nil. Insane. In Group D, China lost to England one to six. Six goals from England, guys. Incredible. Uh, Denmark and Haiti. Denmark beating Haiti two-nil. And on Wednesday, Sweden beat Argentina two-nil. South Africa. Barely beating Italy in the last minute, 3-2. An absolutely incredible match this morning. In Group F, Jamaica, 0-0 to Brazil. And then nine goals in the match between Panama and France. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. We're going to get into all of it. But let's go ahead and start right now with Group F. Because Jamaica and France are both advancing from Group F. We have to talk about Jamaica advancing. Because we were live in show, counting down the seconds to see whether jamaica would move on and morning footy jordan and they advance over brazil because of that nil nil but lauren donaldson's celebrations i mean bunny <laughs> shaw after them, everything he look
4: is at a, this. this this is look. a this is a cartwheel it <laughs> was a cartwheel i love that lauren donaldson said that he would do it if they um, advance. well they advanced and he's a man true to his word these are the kinds of scenes that we love to see that this is what the world cup's all about this is a country that has advanced so much in what they've been able to do over the last five years i think about them qualifying for 2019 then getting their first appearance in the world cup and now not only that they get their first win their first goal their first advancement out of the group stage you could see what it means to them it was just scenes like you wanted to be at that game there's so much talk about this team, but
1: defensively, they had the right plan today, Lisa. Yeah, they did. Jamaica had the right plan throughout the entirety of this World Cup, and it was defense, defense, defense. It started in their first group stage match against France, getting that nil-nil draw, set them up for success, and they did it again today, this morning, against Brazil. And Lauren Donaldson, the head coach for Jamaica, saying, we've never had this much fun. And, and when you have the mindset of nothing is impossible with this team, and you could feel it mm-hmm. when Jamaica was. Yeah playing this morning against Brazil, that they were putting their body on the line defensively, they were making sure that it was difficult for Brazil and Marta to find pockets and pass the ball around, and Jamaica did what they needed to do, get a shutout, get one point, and advance to the round of 16. History is made.
3: Oh, I've got chills <laughs> as are talking about it. It's. You're right. You want to be a part of the celebrations. It's such an infectious thing to watch this team celebrate, and you can just feel the joy emanating from them, even though we're literally on the other side of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's a testament to these players that have done so much more with so much less. And imagine if they had the proper investment and everything going into this tournament. How amazing. They're amazing now, but the sky's the limit for this group, and it's, it's incredible to see them have this success with everything that they've been through and I couldn't be happier for them. Mm-hmm. Just you talk joy. about that with the Philippines too, about how they were very adamant that their coach stick
4: around, hey, mm-hmm. st- stick with us. Mm-hmm. I think we also saw that with this Jamaica squad, L- Lauren Donaldson, what he's been able to do. Um, there's been so many coaches over the years for them and he has stood with them and now gets to see the fruits of those that labor. He gets to put these players on a pedestal and say, Go do what you can do. Mm-hmm. He gets to go do a cartwheel after he qualifies yeah. for the round yeah. of 16 I, I think said, fun He, with he it. gave them such a, you talk about joy, but I think they were confident that they had someone that was believing in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they believed in themselves. And that is, I think it showed the way that they played and the, the unity that they had on the pitch.
2: Yeah. We remember that Bunny Shaw returned for this match, but You know, you talk about Lauren Donaldson, we talked about it on Morning Footy as well and how much he's invested into the women's game. You had played under him. Sophia Smith had played Mal Swanson and a bunch of players that we know very well um, as being very strong technical players and and all of that. But I think the biggest thing is that this is a team that was fighting with the Federation coming into this. And look at what they just proved. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time that a Caribbean country has made it into the knockout rounds. Um, What a beautiful moment that we saw there. But let's talk about the other match in that group as well. France's match against Panama, like I mentioned earlier, nine goals in this one, okay? Because we were live on air and Panama scores first. First. Yeah. An absolute ringer of yeah. a free kick. I'm not sure whether we're about to show that, but beautiful. Yeah,
4: yeah, and it had to be Marta Cox. She's uh-huh. been the player for Panama and she hits it from distance. And this Woo! from the next oh, angle, right. look at the, the movement
1: oh, wow. on the ball. It's, I, I, it's beautiful. They put France under pressure and it was the opening two minutes of this Mm -hmm. game in which panama does it it becomes the fastest world cup goal of this world cup and they continue to put pressure on but i I think the response from france was so impressive because they immediately turned the game around uh they didn't want to go down this way they they were putting pressure on and it was relentless for france and that's why they were able to come back and diani getting a a few goals before halftime and i mean nine goals throughout this game
3: And all in different ways too, it showed how dynamic they are and they switched their starting lineup a lot. This wasn't all of their biggest Mm -hmm. heavy hitters coming into this match and they still were able to put in Uh, six. As a forward,
4: it's so important too, to be able to see the ball go in the back of the net. This Mm -hmm. team is built around Diani, they they want to play through her, they know that she can finish. She had yet to be that player. Mm -hmm. I think that you see in her celebration. Does it feel like there's a weight
3: off her shoulder now going into this next round? Oh, I think so. You know, when you're just in a drought of scoring and you're you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're almost forcing it. I think this took that pressure off and we saw her gel into this game. She was Mm -hmm. in the zone. She distributes the ball well. she crosses. She finishes with a bunch of different textures and parts of her body. And she's an impressive player. I think going into the knockout stages is huge for her to get these goals.
1: Diani was everywhere on the everywhere. pitch for France. She was always an option for her teammates. She was ready to
2: receive it and attack it. She played with a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. As we talk about France making the knockout rounds, one of the big stories coming into it was that they had trouble with their manager. That person then gets removed. And um, the Saudi Arabia coach, who was in the Men's World Cup, then takes over for this and this French team. So. Happy to see them moving forward. Let's move on to Group G, where Sweden got all nine points from their three matches. South Africa with four points. They also advanced. Those celebrations were absolutely (laughs) incredible this morning. Uh, Italy, three points. Argentina, one point. Both of them are out of the tournament. Uh, When we talk about that, South Africa and Nigeria both getting out of their group. Two African teams making it out of the group into the knockout rounds for the first time ever. Absolutely beautiful.
1: South Africa is ranked 54, that is the lowest ranked nation to ever make it to the round of 16 in the World Cup. There is so much history being broken and you can see it in these players' celebrations, how much they wanted it, how happy they are that they've made it this far, and it comes in incredible fashion three goals against Italy uh, they took care of business um, with this stoppage time game-winning goal in the final waning minutes of the game they closed the door it's not even the goal it's the pass that leads to the goal yeah the unselfishness
4: in moments where everything's on the line to know that Katlana was the player to mm-hmm. actually pass it to not to take the shot from a mm-hmm. bad angle uh, I do feel like this team the South African team as well as Nigeria, they have shown that in transition moments they are very difficult to handle. Look at the pass here. Everybody, all the okay. focus for Italy, the eyes are on Magaya, and it's Katlana who finds herself in between two defenders. It's good advancement for her to find that space, and then I oh, love look at the her celebration. <laughs> There's just. This is why we knew that this tournament with 32 teams was going to be amazing because there's so much talent in the world and we get to see it full on display. We get to see upsets. That's what we want from a World Cup. Yeah. And uh, you get to see some of these teams get to do what they've never been able to do before.
2: We do, Jordan, and we also get to see icons made. I mean, we, you talk about Linda Caicedo from Colombia. She is. A legend in the making right now but next segment we're going to talk about someone who the last two decades has absolutely taken over the game uh marta an icon a legend we're going to be talking about her and her career when we come back
0: robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
2: As we mentioned earlier, France and Jamaica making it out of the group, going into the knockout rounds, but that leaves Brazil and Panama eliminated And as Brazil is eliminated, the one person that we immediately think about is Marta da Silva, the icon, the legend, uh, the woman who made herself known 20 years ago on the World Cup stage. She had 117 goals and 174 caps, an absolute record. I mean, she's broken every record ever. Uh, The first player to score in five World Cups. We were looking to see whether she would score in the sixth World Cup, and she did not. But the most career Women's World Cup goals ever with 17. I mean, she has the golden ball, the golden boot in 2007. She was the 2007, or not she, Brazil, FIFA Women's World Cup runner-up. Marta, a player that we all grew up watching, mm. admiring, loving. Darian, you played with her most recently on it Orlando did. Pride.
3: had the honor. I you did, have the honor. yes. Um, no, actually one of my favorite memories, I was, you guys got me really thinking now, When I first joined the Pride, I was number 11, she was number 10, and I was like, oh my God, our lockers (laughs) are next to each other. (laughs) Whoa, and I remember being so nervous, and it was the first day we were going to like fitness testing, I think, we're doing this at like a 1K, and she was like, and started to teach me a dance. Like she was just playing music and was showing me how to dance, like without us even really talking that much. And then she went out, killed the fitness test, we came back in, we were dead, and she's still dancing, Mm -hmm. just vibing. And Mm -hmm. that's a testament to how fun she is and how much joy she brings um, and she also came in first on the fitness test I have to say like as the f- fittest player I've ever played with and I was like if I was your age I would not be running fitness tests if I was Marta no chance would you see me doing these um, <laughs> but no she's a joy to be around and to play with and I'm honored that I got to end my career playing with her and learning from her even though she was injured for most of it she was always the person after our wins or our losses that was around corralling people giving advice, getting us pumped up for the next match, and yeah, I'm, I'm honored. It's the GOAT. What a cool
4: experience, mm-hmm. and just looking at her stats and thinking about her, she scored in more than half of the games that she played in. You know, her goals per game average is wild, but I, I think when I think of Marta, I'm just gonna I don't know if I'll remember the goals as much as the anticipation of when she got on the ball. Mm. Every time the ball was going towards her, you're just like, what is she gonna do this Mm -hmm. time? Because she had so many tricks in her bag that she could pull off. I was not on her team, but in WPS, I played against her. She was playing for FC Gold Pride and I was with the Boston Breakers. And we played the Pride in, the, the bay and so my parents came out because it was close to them in Colorado and I went to school in the Bay Area and I got I started that game and they, I have a, a photo that I will forever cherish of me defending Marta. <laughs> Did I, she? I, make it was a good couldn't... moment. It was a good moment where you never know what's gonna happen after that and we'll just keep it that. I, I'm sure she <laughs> begged me. I'm sure she begged me. I'm sure I fouled her. I you know all the things, but uh, the, the fact that you know for me as a player I got to play against the best player Mm -hmm. to play and she she carried the torch for so many and for so long I think it's difficult that she didn't get a World Cup you know we we see Messi just a few months ago getting a World Cup and getting to add that to what he did in his career it would have been cool to see her at least just have another go at it you know like get out of the group and that's why this game earlier was so difficult because
1: for her you were kind of like come yes. on looking yeah. just do it for Marta. I was heartbroken for Marta she got the start in this last match for her her Which last cool. World Cup game that she was going to play and the torch that she has carried for so long she talked about post game how she's handing that off and how she is Handing it down to her teammates and the class, the humility of Marta in those moments when she could have been really sad for mm-hmm. her team, for her nation, for herself. And instead, she is happy for Jamaica, talking to Bunny Shaw <laughs> post-game about how impressed she was with the I fight of the nice Jamaican deal. side and, and the fact that she had been cheering them on since they made it in 19 to the World Cup and... The fight that they had coming into this World Cup in 2023, and how much how proud she was of them, and the fact that she
2: was now handing over that torch. Mm-hmm. Let's listen in to that um, audio from Marta yesterday or today.
5: As nossas próprias referências, isso nada isso não teria acontecido se a gente tivesse parado nos primeiros obstáculos. Então it's uma persistência contínua that que não começou só comigo, mas começou com muita gente lá atrás, mas que a gente tem muito orgulho. E a gente pede muito para que, que a nossa geração continue a fazer isso, continue a inspirar cada cada vez mais meninas, meninos, não não importa
2: a idade.
4: Oh.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, Lisa, you mentioned emotional watching, Martha say goodbye to the game. This is not the first time. I mean, Last World Cup, um, she had the massive quote speaking to the media saying, um, cry now so you can smile in the end. Mm -hmm. And I rehearsed that whole speech to say it in a hit I did at the time because it was so emotional and she was speaking to everyone. And we thought that was the end of Martha. And for this to be actually the end of the international career for her.
4: After an ACL. After, to come
2: back from an ACL. So
4: late in your career.
2: It's been 20 years of of her dominance that, that, you know, we talk about that torch. Lisa, this woman paved the way for so many. And she always talks about Brazil and growing the game in Brazil and other women playing in Brazil and how much that has meant to her. But to see her do it with the Jamaican team as well, right after the loss, right after potentially her last World Cup match ever, to be hugging Bunny Shaw, Lauren Donaldson, and for them to be crying because they're speaking to her. It was so emotion, I, there's so much emotion. There's so much emotion and in those
1: uh, post game, Bunny Shaw saying to the media what her and Marta had those conversations about and Bunny Shaw admitting to Marta that I watched you growing up and mm-hmm. you were an idol to me. I looked up to you, you paved the way and not just for Bunny Shaw, but for all young girls in the Caribbean and yeah. young girls in, in soccer. And she's left a lot of legacies mm-hmm. on the pitch, off the pitch in Brazil, in the World Cup, her lipstick, her half ponytail, <laughs> so many different elements of her game will forever be around
3: on top of that just listening to her speak and watching all of her interviews the way that she speaks as we you never hear her saying like i did this i da, da, da. everything is we and she's including the people that have been at her same level that have paved the way for so many for all of us to come out and play and have idols and be able to watch them on tv that was that was not something that they were privy to and so for them to carry that on their shoulders and still be so inspired and happy with the journey and happy of where it's going and supportive of all these other teams, even though they're not advancing, she's not advancing the tournament in Brazil is incredible. She's, she's the GOAT. And for people to say, I want to be
4: like Marta, not like I want to be like Ronaldo, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. she heard growing up all the time. No, now they want to be like Marta.
2: The amount that she has seen the game change and grow in the last 20 years must be Mind blowing from her eyes. Uh, I hope someone gets a movie of that. Uh, maybe I should take some, some producer credits if that happens. <laughs> I would love to see that. That would be incredible. But I sign, call <laughs> sign me up. Um, I caught up with Samantha Kerr, not of Australia, but of Scotland. Uh, she plays for Bayern Munich now. Uh, that's coming up next. Stay with us.
0: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
2: Welcome back. I spoke to Samantha Kerr, who just signed with Bayern Munich a few months ago yesterday. She's an absolute joy. She's currently in her preseason Take a look. Sam Kerr, not the Australian Sam Kerr, but the Scottish Sam Kerr. We want to welcome her into attacking third. Sam, first of all, you just had a massive transition from living in Scotland to playing in that league, and now you've moved to play for Bayern Munich in Germany. First of all, what has this life transition been like for you?
6: I mean, for a start, it's amazing. I mean, I've never expected this in my career at all, so to be here is absolutely amazing. And not only the football, like the different culture as well, so I'm so excited to see what's going to come ahead. What
2: is German culture? Because I've never been, and people have been talking about how it's lovely. They meet beautiful people there. It was one of their best experiences traveling. I I don't have any knowledge about Germany. What has it been like for you?
6: Yeah, well, Munich's a beautiful city. Um, Yeah, it's so clean. Everyone's so friendly. Um, where I live, you're so, you're 15 minutes to the center, you're 15 minutes to the training center. So in terms of location, uh, where I am, it's great. And obviously everyone has this big, massive sport, support and culture for Munich itself and Bar Munich. So um, yeah, to be here is great. And obviously as time goes on to even like get to know the fans and uh, be involved and speak to people, I can't wait for it.
2: Okay, so you get this call from your agent about heading to Bayern Munich and there's some need to reassure yourself that it's you Sam Kerr that they want not the Australian Sam Kerr talk <laughs> me through how that whole conversation went.
6: Yeah you've probably heard about this where uh, my agent foe he was like oh Bar Munich have came in for me and I just thought no way they've got the wrong Sam Kerr here are you sure <laughs> they've got the right right one because obviously our names are the same and I get mixed up a lot with her on social media and things and I get tagged in her her stuff so first and foremost i had to make sure that they had the right one and they were like 100 percent. and after, i was like no way like this isn't happening for real like it's an opportunity i can never turn down so yeah um i had to make sure first but knowing it was me it was unbelievable
2: you couldn't be that surprised, though, because as humble as you sound right now, you were Scottish footballer of the year. You've won basically everywhere you've gone. Uh, you changed teams to Rangers, and then you guys ended up beating Glasgow City. And I mean, basically, you have winning in your blood and wherever you go. You couldn't have been that surprised. I mean, as humble as you want to sound here, you've got to let people know that you bring it on the field.
6: Yeah, no. No. Well, obviously for me as an individual, like I have that hunger and that desire to do well and individually improves and I've got that winning mentality, like eh, I want to win, I'm not happy when I don't win, I like to I like to put in a fight, I like to work so hard and grind it out, so that's kind of Sc- Scottish culture and me growing up, that's kind of the mentality that I've grew through Glasgow City from Rangers with playing with the national team as well, so I always knew that I wanted to achieve big things and take that next step in my career and maybe maybe step outside my comfort zone to somewhere that um I wouldn't I wouldn't play all the time or I wouldn't I'd have to work hard and start that start that fresh start again. So Bayern Munich's the perfect the perfect place for me, honestly. Um, the player they have here is the quality is unbelievable. The club itself, it's been successful for so many years. It drives women's football so to be here is amazing, and I can't wait
2: to get stuck in. Sam, that's amazing because I just interviewed Robert Lewandowski this weekend, and he said something very similar. To continue to ask for new challenges and to grow and to challenge himself in every aspect of life. So the fact that you have that headspace already, you're, you're headed nowhere but up, and you're so young. Um, nice. But when we talk about you being new, you're not the only new player on this Bayern squad. You have a couple of heavy hitters coming from Chelsea and Pernilla Harder and Magdalena Eriksson. How has that been? You guys getting along?
6: Yeah, well, obviously, they're at the World Cup right now, so we've not been able to spend much time with them so far, but we've been watching them on the TV. But obviously, they're world-class players. They they were so successful at Chelsea. And um, to have them in this team is going to be amazing and they're going to drive the standards and hopefully that they help us achieve our goals for this season. So to have them and for me to even learn off them and to even be on a training field (laughs) or a pitch with them is just like what dreams are made of you are so humble
2: um but you led me to the world cup the women's world cup is going on right now we know it who are you rooting for who have you been seeing that are you impressed by
6: any players standing out to you um well i was really surprised by Colombia. i thought they played amazing football and um, they played so well and uh, you could see their passion from their fans and everything like that and for me being scottish it's all about that passion and having that like mentality so I love that from them. But for me, I'm kind of rooting for Japan right now. I think Japan have an amazing team and um, obviously they've been playing really well. So I'd like to see Japan go out and and do it. Ooh, Sam
2: Curry, you got a scout eye too. That's who I'm looking at. I'm, I'm, I'm saying they take it now after their win against Spain. They're undeniable.
6: Oh, well, I mean, you can never you never know in these these major tournaments, one minute you could win a game, the next minute you never know. So I think there's still going to be a lot of interesting things happen in the next games and it's going to be a great watch.
2: What a joy she is. Can you just not see how she transmits joy through the yeah. screen? Is she so happy? She's so like happy and positive, right? And, and <laughs> humble in every turn. I'm like, can you just say you're really, really good too? <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what Bayern Munich looks like now. They, I mentioned, Magdalena Erickson and Pernilla Harder, along with Sam Kerr, joining this team. How strong are they going to look? Bayern Munich has
1: bookended their roster, as you mentioned, with Danish international forward, Praniel Harder, and in the back, the Swedish international, Magdalena Eriksson. These are players that have left a legacy of winning from Chelsea. They've picked up four straight championships in the Super League with the Blues, and now they come to Bayern Munich, where they're going to continue that run for Praniel Harder. She returns to the Bundesliga, but for Eriksson, it's her first time playing in Germany with this league, so I imagine there'll be a little bit of adjustment for her. She's the former captain of Chelsea but she brings that leadership to Bayern Munich that is just going to continue to roll this squad forward in their success.
4: They are successful and it's a competitive Mm -hmm. league and I think listening to Sam Kerr saying you know I want to get better I want to compete with the best well get ready because it's going to be a lot different than what you were competing in in the Scottish League so uh, I think that we always know what Bayern Munich is going to bring. It's going to be a well-organized team. They're going to have their challenges with a team like Wolfsburg as well and others in, in the league. But I think they did some good work oh, in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. They worked hard. Yeah.
2: Absolutely excited to see them. I mean, I'm a Chelsea fan. So watching the Chelsea women's team, I've seen so much of Prunella Harder and Magdalena Ericsson, and they are the core of this team. So are you going to so follow, follow them yeah. a little bit, to Bayern Munich I oh, can't do it. Uh, I can't do it. Different it's your league. Come on. The Blues. The Blues, I can't, I can't turn on them. I can't it's turn really, on them ever. We'll, we'll get you a jersey, you. Yeah. we'll get you a kit uh, for You know Friday. what, I, I have a Bayern <laughs> kit, it's okay. Um, I'll wear it, I'll wear it in honor of them. Um, but when we come back, we're gonna have CBS reporter Sandra Herrera covering all of the World Cup action that we've already been talking about. It's gonna be great.
0: Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Welcome back. We take a look at tomorrow morning's matches. It all kicks off at 6 a.m. Morocco against Colombia, who is currently at the top of Group H. South Korea plays against Germany. That's on Fox Such exciting stuff. Let's take a look at what the standings look like right now. Like I mentioned, Colombia is at the top of the group, followed by Germany and Morocco, with still a chance to go through. Now, let's welcome in reporter, CBS reporter Sandra Herrera to talk about all of these things. But Sandra, you got to start me off with Colombia. I know you're incredibly excited about speaking about them.
5: Oh, I'm thrilled. There's nothing like picking a team for your dark horse and then they go out and smash it, and that's what Colombia has done. They have an opportunity to win this group. I think it's an incredibly exciting time in the World Cup, but also in this national team program's history. Linda Caicedo, obviously the big headline out of this one, but I'm excited for them to put together another strong 90-minute performance where we're gonna get to see not only Caicedo do some cool things, but her teammates as well. And I am not gonna be surprised if we see some of the players who step up. There are also players who play uh, in clubs in Spain, just like Caicedo, but we've also got uh, Manuel Vanegas, Mires, Lacey Santos as well as a player that I want to see step up a little bit in the final match against Morocco. Is this going to be the the game where maybe they deliver the multi-goal scoreline? Mm-hmm. I hope so.
1: Sandra, I like that you're bragging about your dark horse yeah. pick. You, you go with your bad self there. Keep you going should. with it. You mentioned Linda Caicedo. This is a, a tournament that has put her on the map. What does this World Cup future, how does it set up the future for a player like that?
5: It's limitless. Honestly, I think what we're all getting the honor to to bear witness to is something very, very special. A lot of emphasis on this player's age, but I think that goes in line with how she plays the game. I mean, she arguably has the best goal of the tournament to date, but it's how she's generating these looks and these chances on goal, her ability to go ahead and carry the ball into the final third, these progressive carries that she's able to make for the team, kind of drawing defenders in, and it doesn't matter if you've got one, or two collapsing on her she's going to find a way So the fact that this is really just the beginning for this player I think is what makes it such a special storyline. Sandra, if
4: Germany get the win and Colombia get the win, Colombia would be first Germany would be second that would set up Germany playing France <laughs> in the next round. Do you have thoughts about that? How, how is that going to be the this next round coming out? I, I feel like that is a game to watch.
5: I love it. I'm here for it. There's nothing that I want to see more than a, a Latin American team or an African team or a Caribbean team go out and still compete in these knockouts, so you know what, I'm good with it. Let the Europeans fight amongst themselves if it comes down to Germany and France and see who's gonna battle it out for that. But uh, I think if Germany wants to continue to show that they are one of the contenders and they themselves are taking another step into this new era for themselves as a national team program, they would absolutely have to deliver the blow to France mm-hmm. if it comes down there.
3: Mm-hmm. Sandra, speaking of next round, we've got to talk about this U.S. Women's National Team. What are your thoughts from this last match and what do they need to change moving forward into these knockoff rounds?
5: Oh, gosh, this is such a back and forth, you know, for me when it comes to what we've seen so far and what we've wanted to see in terms of uh, adjustments for this team moving forward. And I think we wanted to see some more player rotation in this group stage. And now we find this team heading into the knockout rounds. And there's that layer of concern maybe that if tampering with things, might get worse, but I think at this point, if we see a team that have built over the course of the group stage and is somehow scoring less goals than they did when they started, I think you have to have that little bit of a shakeup. I think that is what's missing from this World Cup for this team and it's gonna come by way of a forced adjustment. They're not going to have Rose Lavelle to have available in this midfield. So what are they gonna do? It plays tricks on me a little bit because I'm such yeah. a fan of what we've seen between Gurma and Ertz on the back line. Do you break that up to push Ertz higher and bring in Cook who unfortunately I think has become a bit of an afterthought for this coaching staff after we've seen two years yeah. of such a starting caliber type of center back from them, so I think it's a, it's a mix of things. I'm, I'm grateful for the, the forced adjust, mm-hmm. adjustment uh, scenario that's in play here because it's going to make this coaching staff have to make some hard des- decisions that maybe they were a little bit too timid with to begin with.
2: Sandra, I know it's not your job to make these decisions. It does lie on those coaches and it's a difficult decision, but I want to know what you would do with the front line.
5: I want to see Lynn Williams get another start. I think we saw a lot of good things there to begin with, but in bringing in fresh legs and Lynn Williams, I think you also saw some of that uh, heavy minute load on the legs of Morgan, on the legs of Smith, and for all of the attempts to try and be a cohesive unit, get dynamic looks in front of goal, you saw someone kind of falling behind just a step or two. So I want to see Lynn Williams get another star, and I would like to see Trinity Rodman get one as well since she got a little bit of a rust in that final group stage.
1: Sandra, we sadly said goodbye to the international game of a legend, Marta, today this morning as Brazil bowed out of the World Cup. You, you put a tweet out there. You're in your feelings about this Latin American legend. Let us in a little bit. How, how are you feeling? What are your thoughts on Marta?
5: Oh, just letting everyone know that you're my number one follower on Twitter, Lisa. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this time I've been feeling all day. Uh, it, I think there's no better way to, to measure the legacy of Marta by the scenes that we're witnessing in this World Cup. Yes, it's the last one and, and we didn't want to see this player make her exit uh, the way it happens in a group stage. but something feels a little bit cathartic in that it's Jamaica who's going to mm-hmm. and, and gives that final farewell to Martha. You see Bunny Shaw, you see Shayna Matthews rushing to Martha to congratulate and thank her for her impact because she has had such an, uh, an inspirational legacy that she's leaving behind. It's absolutely something that's impacted the globe and us as uh, content creators and media as well, inspiring us to cover the game that we Want to cover it with dedication, with compassion, with undeniable joy. Mm.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Sandra. I think that was a beautiful way to say goodbye to today's show because you know we all wanted to to give our tribute to to Martha, the beautiful impact that she has had on this game. Sandra, again, thank you for joining us. Thanks, ladies. So much more action between now and we <laughs> see each other next. The knockout rounds will be set for sure. There, there's so much. Yeah, I'm excited to see who, who makes it through in that final yep. group. All right, thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you Friday.